Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, but we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please pray with me. Holy God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. Our God, our Redeemer. Amen. So Jimbo and I have been married for 21 years, and I love him with all my heart, and I trust him mostly. Let me explain. Let me explain. I trust him to love me and be faithful to me. Um, I trust him to take care of me when I'm sick or depressed. I trust him to take seriously the things that I care about and to support me in just about any endeavor that I want to take on. I trust him in all of these ways because after two decades of marriage, I have experienced him supporting me and loving me in all of these ways. I also trust him to take any chance he can to scare the ever-living daylights out of me. For instance, on our very first date, we went ice skating, and I had never been on ice skates once in my life, and Jimbo grew up in Michigan, grew up on ice skates, grew up playing hockey out on the frozen lake near their house. And so as we were out there, he was pretty much just like skating circles around me as I was holding on to the wall, trying to skate around. And he was laughing, and he finally came up to me, and he was like, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to take your hands. I'm going to skate backwards real slowly because I was scared. And I was like, no, no, I don't want to do this. And he was like, you'll just get the sense of what it's like to be out on the open ice, and I'll, I'll go real slow. Trust me. Well, he did not go slow. He went so fast. I screamed and then fell on my rear end. Or there was that time that we were skiing and I was just, you know, on the bunny hill again, grew up in Texas, not a lot of winter sports there. So I was on the bunny hill, bunny hill, bunny hill, and he was like, hey, just go to the top of the mountain with me. I promise it is just as easy as the bunny hill. It's just a lot longer. I trusted him. And I ended up walking down the mountain most of that day. Or there was the time that he said, just, just ride on the back of my motorcycle with me. I, I promise I'll go slow and I won't scare you. And that was the last time I rode on the motorcycle with him. So now I have known, I have learned that I can trust him to scare me whenever there are activities like that involved. Love you, Jim trust you in all the ways. Today we look at, oops, I forgot my guidepost. 
Today we look at the guidepost of trust. As we continue our sermon series on guideposts for living with a whole heart. Now trust is a tricky thing. Especially these days. It's been widely researched for the last many years and understood or kind of come from that research to understand that younger generations like millennials, Gen Z, have very little trust in authority and institutions. This is one reason that membership in groups like the Rotary or the Lions Club or membership in mainline churches has seen a sharp decline. It includes trust in banks, the justice system, the police, media, big business. Nothing is really safe from this distrust. Chris Salisa of the Washington Post wrote this, the erosion in confidence is impossible to blame on any one factor because it is so widespread. I believe that the attacks of September 11, 2001 made clear in a very powerful and frightening way that those tasked with protecting us might not always be able to do it. That led to a general sense of unease amid the populace, that the bad behavior of Wall Street, the faltering economy, an ineffectual Congress, and the string of high-profile killings of black men by police have all heightened. Of course, this sense of distrust isn't bound by generation. Many of us have been disenchanted and disappointed by a myriad of authorities and have lost sense of trust in leaders, media, facts. These days, you layer on top of that the pandemic and knowing that it's not only not getting better, it's getting worse. Levels are at an all-time high. And I'm sure most of us feel like we're doing all we can to stay safe and to stop or at least kind of put a cap on this spread. And so in most of our minds, I know that in my mind, I think it must be others that are not taking this seriously. And the distrust for our fellow citizen and neighbor is at a crushingly low point. For all of these things that aid our distrust, in what can we place our trust? Brene Brown, in the book, The Gifts of Imperfection, Guidepost to Wholehearted Living, writes about her research and she says in a particular chapter about cultivating um, intuition, excuse me, cultivating intuition and trusting our faith says, when the importance of intuition and faith emerged as key patterns in wholehearted living, I winced a little bit. Once again, I felt like my good friends, logic and reason were under attack. I remember telling Steve, 
Now it's intuition and faith. Can you believe it? Her husband replied to her saying, I'm surprised that you're surprised. You work off faith and your gut all of the time. She goes on in that chapter to understand that trusting faith and cultivating intuition isn't devoid of logic and reason. Rather, they are connected with each other in important ways. Faith is essential when we decide to live and love without, with whole hearts in a world where most of us want assurance before we risk being vulnerable and getting hurt. But faith isn't about certainty. Of course, we have lots of churches and religious organizations touting that they have the right answers and the sure and certain faith that you need. But I have found in my experience that as soon as you think that you have it all figured out, if something comes along to test those assumptions and beliefs, it also tests your faith. I've sat with many people in pastoral counseling situations who have said something like, I always thought this, or I always believed this, until that happened. And then we have to dig down into understanding how we embrace faith. And if faith is a certainty that we know the answers, that's one option, or if faith is gratitude for God being with us in the midst of deep and gut-wrenching questions. When Paul wrote in Romans, the scripture that we heard Tim read a little bit earlier. He's talking about being justified through faith. He means that no matter what, no matter the curveballs that life throws at you, no matter the hurt or the suffering or the challenge of life, God is with you, producing endurance, character, and hope. He tells the faithful people of Rome that while faith doesn't come with a certainty of outcome, faith does assure us that God will work in us, that every time we face a struggle and come out on the next side, on the other side, we have more hope for the next time. An inherent byproduct of trusting in our faith is ultimately hope. How did Paul know that we needed this scripture right now? How did Paul know that 2,000 years from the time he shared those words, there would be people struggling with faith and life and needing hope desperately? Paul tells us that actually our struggles are something to boast about because through it all, God is with us, loving us, transforming us into a people of divine hope. Frederick Buchner, in a sermon called 
a room called Remember, writes this about Romans 5, 1 through 5. Then at last we see what hope is and where it comes from. And hope as the driving power and outermost edge of faith. Hope stands up, to, stands up to its knees in the past and keeps its eyes on the future. There has never been a time past when God wasn't with us as the strength beyond our strength, the wisdom beyond our wisdom, as whatever it is in our hearts, whether we believe in God or not, that keeps us human enough at least to get by despite everything in our lives that tends to wither the heart and make us less than human. To remember the past is to see that we are here today by grace. And that we have survived is a gift. That's something I put my trust in. I pray these have been the words of the Lord for us this day. Amen.